Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson. Hi, I'm James Coyle. I'm an internal evaluator with a large regional health authority here in Canada. And I'm Kylie Hutchinson, and I'm an external evaluator. And together we make Adventures in Evaluation. Hi, James. Hey, Kylie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. I'm pretty stoked. About? Going on vacation. <laughs> I'm going on vacation, man. And then, and then I'm going to the AA. That's right. We missed Woo-hoo! it last year, both of us. Both of us missed it. I know. I, I know. Play the violin. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited about going, and it's it's interesting. Think the emails are starting to pop in your your mailbox with uh, come to my session and things like that. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to my lunch and let's get together. And then we also get to meet people. In yeah. my case, that I haven't met in person. We got one special person. We've kind of come full circle here. And we we have have a guest today. She is our first two-time guest. That's right. That's right. Awesome. So who who we got? Who we got? James. Our next guest is Stephanie Evergreen from Michigan, (laughs) United States of America. Stephanie is the author of a new book on data visualization, and we are really thrilled to have her today. Please, everybody, welcome Stephanie Evergreen. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me here, guys. How's it going, Stephanie? Uh, it's going pretty good. Things are busy, as you might imagine. So what's changed? It's been over a year since we talked. I, I hear you've been up to something. Yes, well, um, you'd think, wouldn't you? <laughs> something big, uh, though. Yeah, so the yeah, so my, my book came out yesterday. Oh, um, yesterday? Yesterday oh, was the, the big release date. I know that's super exciting. I thought I would be less excited, and then October first came, and I was like, "Oh wait, my book is out today!" Super exciting, um, because of course you write these things, and then it takes like nine months to publish them. So I feel like I've just been kind of hanging out and waiting, but it's really exciting to see it. I actually don't have a physical copy of it yet, though. I was like really looking forward to the time I would hold it in my hands, but... Yeah, I've got mine on order. I think I placed the order back in September, but uh, it's uh, it's not here yet. Do you want to tell us a bit about it and maybe start with the title? Yeah, sure. So it's called Presenting Data Effectively. And uh, so it goes through... It's basically like all my workshop and blog content crammed into a book. So my my normal um, workshop content uh, talks about fonts and adding graphics and colors and how to arrange all of those different bits and pieces. Um, So the book has chapters on each, and then we apply those uh, best practices to reports and slides and research posters, and then inside graphs and data visualizations themselves. We're trying to run the gamut here, but of course, like as soon as the book is done, there are things I wanted to include more of like, ooh, I want I should have done more on dashboards, you know, more on infographics or something like that. Because um, there's a lot to talk about with all of those things. And I think, you know, evaluation is starting to broaden up how it disseminates. And that's what we're trying to address here. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, Stephanie, I mean, why this book now? Yeah, right. Well, isn't it time? I mean, I think that the expectations are out there. I think our clients expect more. I think it's clear with, like, I don't know, technology and the Internet that our attention spans are really not very long. And so a 200-page report just isn't going to cut it. It's not. That's not making evaluation useful. Sorry, I just missed what you said. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. 
needs an infographic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, it, the same kind of thing is true. It's just like uh, verbal, you know, lectures and that sort of thing. I think the research shows that attention drops off significantly after about 10 minutes. Uh, so you can lecture for about 10 minutes and then you need to include some kind of activity or something interactive. And um, I think the same sort of thing applies to written work. Um, we're not going to, we just can't, We our, our brains just can't dig through that much content. So I think now is the time. And, it, you know, it's all sort of been out there in different pieces and different places. It's just that I've pulled it together. So how long did you have to work on this book? Uh, it took about a year to write, but that's because, you know, I I can't work on it every day. I had just finished a dissertation where I did work on that every day, and I was, like, so happy to be done, and I, <laughs> I was, like, looking forward to having this free time again. Um, so I would go, like, several weeks without writing a thing, and then um, I went out, I went to a, a silent retreat center just outside of town here. I would mm. go for, like, the weekend and just close myself in and type out like 13,000 words, you know? So why don't you walk us through the skeleton of the book and, and tell us a bit about the content and what's in there for folks? Yeah, sure. So the first chapter is how I start all of my workshops, which is with this discussion of the science of communication and like how people understand information, like how we see it, how we interpret it, and how it gets retained. Um, because if we don't understand like how people's brains work, then we don't make design for them. So with this understanding of like how we see and interpret and retain information, we can understand how design principles work. And really it's most of it, I swear, is about uh, breaking content down so that people can digest it in their working memory. Because working memory is really weak and so much of what we see out there overloads it and makes people just shut down. Mm-hmm. What, it, what is working memory? Do you want to just explain that? Yeah, sure. So working memory is after we see something, we kind of take it into our brains and we digest it and chew on it and think about it a little bit. And the more that we chew on, the more that goes to long term memory. So this is really about just um, helping us interpret information. And that's what people are doing when they're reading our work. We want them to think. And so this thinking is what happens in working memory. But too often we try to throw so much in there that people, they just can't. Working memory kind of gives up. And then they get distracted by like this blinking notification that says they've got, you know, some Facebook like, and then they're off. So were there any chapters that um, you really enjoyed writing about? Or were there any chapters that you found kind of more challenging or? Uh, We can answer the both questions with one answer, which is the color chapter, because I love talking about color and there's so much to say there and color is so powerful that um, there are a lot of tools I can talk about, except that Sage said, uh, well, you know, since this is the first time that you've written a book and um, it's the, fir- the book's first run, we're going to we're going to publish it in two colors. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did you do? Well, I had to rethink everything and basically just design all of my examples with that in mind, you know, with that framework. Um, So it's black and white plus the spot color. So, you know, and and that's a common, I mean, that's a common publishing situation for a lot of us when we just don't have full color printing or we're working in a black and white environment. Um, So it was a challenge I think people will be able to relate to, but I just had to work with that gradations of that one color of sage blue that we used and grayscale, you know, gradations of from black to light gray. So it was definitely a challenge. And then we uh, we posted a website with Sage that includes some of the figures in color. Oh, that's a great way of getting around it. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, 
I haven't a clue what cyan looks like at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was definitely. It's I love I love talking about color. It gets people really excited. But boy, that was a real challenge to do. Yeah, that is kind of ironic. I mean, most most of us know you as really. I think the term queen of data visualization is is well earned. Diva, diva. Sure, diva. <laughs> let's skip the royalty. Um, you know, I hear all sorts of people who go to your workshops. Um, you know, we love your blogs. Um, your tweets are always um, very helpful. Uh, you have a great sense of humor. Um, you're, everybody knows you in the field. Um, and so the book itself is, is something a number of us are looking forward to because it brings it all together. You mentioned there's stuff that's not in there. And I'm always interested, um, you know, when people are interviewed for a cover story for a magazine, they say, you know, you had to cut something. And other than the color, which seems kind of vital, Sage, um, well, what, what else did you have to cut out? What was maybe one thing that you kind of wished that's going to end up in the DVD extras? That's such a great question. I, I think that uh, this the data is I had to take more out of than what I wanted to. Like I'd like to get more into uh, like data relationships and how we know to, what to graph when we've gotten certain kinds of data, but that just didn't really fit actually with this format where we're talking about things like font and color and, um, and arrangement, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that there's a lot more that can be said there. Tell me a bit about some of the people you hope might buy the book, but more importantly, are going to use it. Yeah, so Sage is a higher academic market, right? So they are going to publish this, hoping that it'll get adopted by um, by professors for their classes as a supplementary text, usually at the graduate level, um, because that's when people need it. And so there was a lot of research done about the kinds of classes where this sort of thing would get adopted. But the in addition to that, my main audience is evaluators and researchers and the small DIY shops who are, you know, using Microsoft products and they don't know how to use Adobe InDesign and don't have the time or the money to figure it out. Right. Um, those are the people that I can really help here. And even if um, there are places that have like, you know, a graphics department or an arts department, um, the people who are still work at the ones working with the data are the ones who need to read this sort of thing because they're the ones who know the data and the story that needs to be told within it. And that's what they have to communicate to the arts department. So um, it's about being a more informed consumer in that way. Stephanie, one question I, I have is that over the years, I just see the, the role of the evaluator just kind of ballooning. You know, they, they've gone from being the researcher to the facilitator to the... You know, everything, everything from kind of the methodological person to all of a sudden now they've got to be, they've got to learn about color. What do you think are the reasonable expectations? You're saying, you know, that, that they don't necessarily have to be graphic designers, although I think some people are, are worrying about this. What do you see as the expectations for an evaluator? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think that's maybe a conversation for all of us, but I do think we have some responsibility. I mean, uh, I think that the typical way that we've reported has come from social science research, where it's got to be pretty bland and full of bullets and tables, and that's not useful. And that's not what our clients pay us for. I mean, that's a really big difference between research and evaluation. Our clients pay us to tell them the bottom line, not to make them sit there and muddle through and try to figure it out. So um, I think the expectations are greater in that way, where we need to use our, our tools around color and and uh, data viz and things like that to help get that point across clearly. 
Mm. And and along those lines, you know, we've seen interest in data visualization kind of increase, and every year it's getting more and more popular. Do you kind of do you, do you kind of see it peaking or anything like that, or where do you see it going? You know, I, that's a great question. I still think that some people are coming on board. I mean, you're right. It's definitely growing. The data visualization and reporting TIG is growing. Um, and I just saw, I think it was from FSG, I saw um, an article today that was about next generation evaluation and how that's different from traditional evaluation. And they put a real emphasis on reporting and data visualization. So I think it's still sort of being seen as something people need to move towards. So I, I think we can... Um, explore this for quite a while. I think that next we're probably going to have to dig a little bit more into web-based interactive stuff um, and moving away from like reports that are actually printed and graphics that are static. I think we'll probably be more interactive. Uh, you know, obviously uh, we're fans of yours. We've acknowledged your 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 you know, your skills and competency in this. There is a history of data visualization, and I know the. I'm so grateful for you know, what you're bringing to the world of evaluation. Because a lot of what has happened in other fields around data visualization hasn't really penetrated our evaluation work. As you said, there's a, there's a history of research. What does it feel like that you're stepping into this world, publishing something, knowing that there are some of these other icons out there? So in some ways, it's awesome because I feel like uh, I have a bigger group of peers now. But in other ways, it's kind of scary because I don't know that the people, the other people who are out there publishing about this in other fields don't totally understand what evaluation is. Mm. I mean, we have that problem all the time anyway, right? Yeah, Just trying yeah. to explain what we do. Um, so I think when people who are outside of evaluation or even social science research, when they read something like this, they're probably going to think, whoa, this isn't, you know, big data. Um, this isn't interactive and online. This isn't New York Times data viz, um, but that's not what evaluation is either, at least mm -hmm. not right now. Mm -hmm. It's interesting though, it, it might just kind of indirectly be a little bit of a promotion for evaluation for our field, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. So Stephanie, if people are interested in getting the book, where do they go? So it's on Amazon, but I think um, if you're an AEA member, you get a discount. If you order from state, I think you have to go through AEA's like site, you know, log in and go that route. But if you go that route, you can get a discount. It'll also be at Sage's uh, book table at the conference, at the AEA conference this year. So you can get your discount if you're there and you get it in person. That's great. We're going to make sure this podcast is up before the conference and encourage people awesome. to go get a signed copy. Are you going to be signing copies? Yeah. I will be signing copies. Yeah. <laughs> when, when does that happen? Is that on the Wednesday night? It is. I want to say, uh, is it during the poster session? I believe so. I think it is. Oh, this might be trouble because I'm supposed to be a poster competition judge. I'll figure out how to duplicate myself. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Wednesday, October the 16th. That sounds about right. I was just going to say, it's too bad if you can't do both, because I was a poster competition judge years ago, and I loved it. It was really fascinating, really yeah. fascinating, yeah. Uh, well, and that's why, so Kyla, I'm, I'm doing a two-day workshop at the conference this year, and Kylie Hutchinson is registered. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie, Kylie told me about so that. She has a bit of a confession to make. Well, so here's the thing, you know, whenever whenever you're putting on a workshop, Stephanie, I usually am at the same time, at the same <laughs> venue. So I've never 
been able to go and sit in on your on your workshops and so this was my chance to do it and I you know I need the nitty-gritty um, you know I confess that I haven't read every single one of your blogs like James has so uh, you know I need some quick and dirty training on this uh, definitely so I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to it you know what's starting to happen to both of us and and so Kylie told me a little story she what? said she was giving some instruction and this is going to start happening to me oh. tomorrow too <laughs> And people came up to them and said, well, that's not what Stephanie Evergreen says. <laughs> and so around our office, uh, around our office, I know I've introduced the blogs and soon the text and people are going to start doing the same. And so uh, I do think, although uh, some of us who are real uh, keen and early adopters, if you can say that, of uh, presenting data effectively, uh, it's important for us to go back uh, and, and, and attend those kind of workshops with you. I, I just heard from a colleague who's very seasoned who said, you know, uh, attended a workshop with Stephanie and I left uh, feeling two emotions. Uh, One was, you know, inspired to do better, um, but certainly uh, a bit ashamed and embarrassed at what I'd been doing for so long. And, and, you know, my own confession to that, too, is uh, I just want to close by personally thanking you, Stephanie, for giving me the last kick in the pants I needed to completely redesign and reboot some slides. Uh, awesome. To present some data effectively, but also just to present and communicate more clearly uh, some in, some intro to evaluation material. Uh, she sent a very nice note, and I and I went on bended knee and knew that it needed a reboot, um, but just wasn't sure if I had the time. And I I went to Stephanie, and she sent the nicest note back saying, James, comma friend, comma this is a mess. <laughs> and so I set about doing it, and she said, good luck, soldier. And so we've completely rebooted it. And people are already uh, liking it a lot more. Awesome. So, so James, you, something you said wants leads me to ask Stephanie: Are we still early adopters, or has the movement kind of gotten to a point where you know we're beyond that now? Mm. Yeah, I think that we're um, we're. I don't know exactly what comes after early adopters, but uh, we're at that brink between the two. Mm. I mean, I was just out in um, Boise with uh, Rakesh Mohan and his group, you know, working with the um, Idaho legislature. And they brought me out to do a training because they're ready as a government unit to move forward. I mean, those are indicators to me that we're we're not just talking about early adopters anymore, but... Um, you know, the, the the number of different groups that call me to come do workshops or to talk with them, um, the variety and the size uh, just tell me that this is becoming more widespread than uh-huh. than it was a couple of years ago. Wow. Well, you're really an innovator. I think we are early adopters, but it, I, I agree. I think it's starting to shift to that early majority as you start to get calls from people you didn't used to. And just out of curiosity, Stephanie, how many airline points do you have these days? Because I know you've been crisscrossing the continent, no? I have been, yeah. I have a lot of jet lag and a lot of miles, but I'm still in coach. Uh, so whatever, yeah. whatever that means. <laughs> Can I make a couple of plugs before we're done? Please. Sure. Okay, so um, I wanted to point out that we just released uh, the new directions for evaluation issue on DataViz Part 1. And I want to point that out. Part 2 comes out in um, the winter. Um, But that's a place where people are talking about things I couldn't include in the book, like more on dashboards, more on graphic recording, um, more on qualitative work. Stuart Stuart Henderson and his his, um, work around qualitative visualization, something I haven't really been able to touch. So I think those are awesome, and they're... um, Part one's out and part two will be out soon. 
Um, and after the poster session, no, I'm sorry, before the poster session starts at the conference, um, I'm co-hosting the uh, slide clinic again with the data visualization and reporting TIG so people can come bring their slides and get one-on-one -on -one coaching and help with some volunteers from the DVR TIG before they're going to go present their um, their conference slides. So that's super fun. Um, and I just launched a new um, public webinar series so people can go sign up at my website and uh, We'll have a session on reports and one on um, slides and one on data visualization. Well, we'll put the link for your website up on the up on the blog. Great, that's awesome. great. You are busy. Congratulations. Enjoy the glow. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, only filter out uh, you know carefully uh, any of the critics and uh, embrace the success and uh, catch up on your sleep after a very busy year. I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing you at AEA. Yeah. Me too. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks to you both for having me on here. Yeah, Our thanks, pleasure. Stephanie. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Bye. So thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. You can contact Kylie or I and give us your protests or your suggestions uh, or any feedback at all at adventuresandevaluation.podbean.com or contact Kylie and I directly at adventuresandevaluationpodcast at gmail.com. Well, Kylie... Another great show. We've kind of come full circle. Yeah, that was that was nice. So I guess it's a wrap. Yes, and we look forward to seeing you in Washington, D.C. in a week and a half. Okay, take care, James. You too. Bye. Bye.